0: All are welcome here. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hasenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome everyone to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show for you and by you, a virtual community creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little deeper in life than you may do on your own, Offering you a unique perspective from both worlds, the psychological world and the spiritual world, at the same time. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here in the Central Hudson Valley, New York, with my friend, co-host, and spiritual psychotherapist who's going to push the record button Recording right now in as progress. We speak. Steve Hassenberg. I was trying to give you hand signals.
1: Hey Callie. Actually, I had record in capital letters. Right in front of me. So anyway, uh, it's a good day for me uh, to be listening to the show because I've had allergies. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where my allergies are coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought if I listen to you guys, uh, maybe I get some help.
0: Okay, we'll sit back, relax and listen. We'll see if we can help you. So today we launch our new series, Spiritual Self-Help Legends. There's such a plethora of these icons that have been our teachers directly and at a distance. And for many of you listening for so many decades, so many people that have put their own lives and personal teachings into books that have helped and rippled out to help millions of other people. And so today we are going to start with the one and only Louise Hay. The Queen of New Age. So, known as the Queen of, of the New Age, that's just one moniker. Louise Hay was a publishing icon and a founder of Hay House, a best selling author, a shapeshifter in the healing arena, and having endured a very tumultuous early life herself, she transmuted her own experience of trauma and health challenges into a new paradigm to heal helping people, pardon me, get rid of the frogs in their throat, build a bridge between their physical ailments and their emotions. So today we're going to discuss Louise's legacy and the connection between mind and body health and offer some tips to create a new language between what your body's trying to tell you in the name of healing. When's the first time you learned about Louise? You remember?
1: It was a long time ago. Um, I thought of that this uh, this morning. Probably, wow, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually shocked and thrilled. I was shocked. I was shocked and thrilled. I was shocked and thrilled that somebody had written a book about the impact of emotions. On health, mm-hmm. because I had always felt that way. yeah, I always knew that we lived in one system, a mind and a body integrated, mm-hmm. but even to this day, people don't believe that. they divide it up something is physical, something is mental or emotional.
0: and conventional medicine certainly likes to keep those things separate, or has been founded on keeping those things separate. You know, I was thinking the other day about how when I was a kid, my mother, so this is back in the 70s, in my formative years, 60s and 70s, my mother would always, you know, if I wanted to like be home from school or, you know, feign having a cold or a fever or something she'd say visualize the white light and get your butt to school and really like never allowed us because I was never thankfully a sick kid um wasn't you know not able to not not unable to stay home from school but also learned that sort of a concept which at the time was very woo woo and airy fairy and more just entertaining I didn't really understand it at all but it had to do with visualizing uh, and really, starting to get more in touch with the fact that, like you said, our minds and our bodies are connected in ways that we're not typically taught. So, to me, that's that's something. Now, it's becoming way more trendy, and integrative medicine and functional medicine um, have certainly embraced it. If you go back to some of the other ancient, not even um, healing traditions in places like India with Ayurvedic med- medicine, China with traditional Chinese medicine. You know, they've known this for five or 5,500 years or at least 5,000 plus years.
1: It's kind of obvious. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that, it see, feels it, right?
1: Right. There's a mind in the temple, there's a body in the temple, and uh, it's quite obvious to most people. But Western medicine, I think, uh, and I'm not against Western medicine in any way, but it has become so technical yeah. and scientific that uh, kind of zooms in on things and and sees like the life of the cells at such a deep level that it forgets the impact and the importance of the mind and the emotions in creating health and wellness or disease. I th-
0: Yeah, it is. It, it's... It is amazing. Once you get sort of, um, into this sort of this train of thinking, or you have worked in this area to heal something and have seen it and the reality and the gravity of how helpful it can be, it still is, uh, it is a, it's a concept, but it feels like, um, now, you know, on the other side of it, because it's such a big part of my belief system and my experience, that uh, I, it's amazing to think that we are still so late to the you know, late to this party. You know, it's. I mean, one simple way to introduce this concept to people that um, are listening that might not be familiar with it is, even when you're having experiencing an emotion or you're having a difficult conversation, if you pay attention to your body, you usually feel it around your heart or in your stomach. Right those are two of the more popular places to feel tension or discomfort or confrontational dis- you know discomfort i have a very dear friend that often when she's talking about things that are uncomfortable um says you know right now my chest is tightening up or my throat is tightening up or my stomach's tightening up and i don't want to talk about it anymore or but it's just it's a, it's your body our bodies speak to us
1: it sounds like my childhood which part all of it mm mm-hmm. I think I, I was always contracting. Yeah. Things would hurt. My the atmosphere hurt me. It's like the general atmosphere of my family hurt my body. Mm-hmm. I remember hiding because I didn't want to feel those things. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Same. I don't know I still don't know that I'm in touch with how much my uh childhood trauma has impacted my body, because, um, and I don't, I don't believe in, um, uh, in jinxing. So I think I, cause I can talk about this openly, but I, um, you know, I've always been very lucky with my health and we all have our things and different things you have to keep an eye on certainly. And we'll talk more specifically about some of ours and what we've done to form some more emotion relationships with the emotion behind some of our stuff. I'm a little bit deeper into the show, but I was even thinking, is it? I was wondering where my, just even in the last two days, where some of the things that I still um, deal with from my childhood, where they do manifest in my body. And is it the reason that I am an overthinker? Not that that's like a physical ailment in and of itself, but it's just, um, it's interesting when you start even just making space to co- consider this concept, what starts to come.
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of material there for everybody,
0: right? There is. It's true.
1: We're thinkers and feelers.
0: Yeah, that's true. Or both. Right. Or neither. <laughs> I don't know if there's neither.
1: I don't know. Maybe.
0: <laughs> um, so beloved Louise Hay lived, you know, we're not going to go through the um, total expanse of her personal story and biography, but, you know, she came from, um, she had a tough upbringing and a very tumultuous childhood and went out on her um, own, was the victim of abuse um, as a child. And as she got older, as a young woman, um, was pregnant as a teenager. uh, And then later on had a cancer diagnosis, cervical cancer diagnosis that really was the first time that a lot of her um, beliefs and experience in this conceptually was put to the test where she really got in touch with her own um, physicality and where that, you know, how, how her emotional state manifested in that way.
1: Yeah. I wanted to say that when you read self-help books, it's often the case that people go through some kind of crisis. Yeah. And through that crisis in a way, as a way of healing as a way of transcending they realize something about human life and what they realize become maybe that realization becomes books mm-hmm. <laughs> right and i've read over and over and over the certain a crisis that a person would go through and all of a sudden they became an expert in a new field
0: it really is. And that speaks to even, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show in different capacities that whatever f- faces you that seems like it's, that is, and, and, and gives the appearance of being a horrible tragedy or um, challenge, uh, or takes you off course, and certainly is in the moment, always has greater learning for us. But when you're dealing with things, especially your health, or great catastrophes, it's very hard to be in that space and in, in that moment. right? Um, so, but she was really the, the, probably the first person to put all this, you know, on the map, at least in, you know, in the United States and created her first book, which was, you can heal your life became the first kind of seminal book about forming, um, a relationship and, and creating some knowledge around different body parts and what the emotional, Peace was behind it and affirmations to sort of retrain your brain and your thinking to, you know, empower you know, yourself more specifically. You know how many years ago that was? I don't remember actually. Was it oh. in the 80s? Huh. Well, as you talk, I'll look it up. <laughs> Thank you. You're hired as, as the researcher. I do <laughs> want to say we would love to hear from if anybody wants to call in, share any thoughts on the matter, any experiences they have with. Bridging the gap between their emotionality and their health. Um, or just any way in which Louise Hay might have inspired you, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 816-251-3555. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um so let's talk a little bit more about just the idea of the word psychosomatic. Oh, did you look up the book? 1984. Was what was it? 84?
1: 1984.
0: Right, okay. That's that feels familiar. I Doesn't do have that it? number loosely in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. So in some ways, um, you know, when we were talking about the show during our meeting, um, you brought up the word psychosomatic.
1: I did.
0: And historically, at least my association with the word psychosomatic, I think of like an old Woody Allen, maybe that's not the greatest reference nowadays, but I think of like, you know, Woody Allen or Woody Allen movie, right, where there was like a neuroses around something that really didn't exist, but you kind of made, you know, made it into, um, you know, some hypochondriac, is that the word hypochondriatic, hypochondriac, Um, sort of uh, issue or ailment that really didn't exist because your mind was just um, imagining it, right, Or, or creating something that really wasn't there. But in more literal terms, that's not really the case, right? It's more about the how there's a f- emotional component to any sort of physical ailment?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big subject. And uh, I think I told you that from some of my readings, I found out, and I've known this for many, many years, 90% of doctor visits have a psychosomatic component.
0: It's really an astonishing number. It's pretty. High, <laughs> it's much higher than I would have ever guessed. Right? You know?
1: Uh, when do, listen, this is another very interesting fact. When do heart attacks occur?
0: Um, I've stumped you. The, the day after Christmas or early in the morning or one of those answers? Monday
1: morning.
0: When people are thinking about work.
1: The week ahead,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: pressures ahead. Most heart attacks happen on Monday morning. mm
0: that's really wild, isn't it? Yeah, to think about.
1: If you tell a per, uh, if you tell a research subject that you're going to give them a leaf, and the leaf is poison ivy, and since they're a research subject, they're going to touch it. The people who touch a leaf that's not poison ivy get poison ivy (laughs) not always but more often than not
0: where are they getting it from if it's a whole placebo situation their mind is really creating that reaction that one i haven't heard before that's that's really that's really wild i mean it really it is such a testament to the power of the mind and um just how much we can create that's that works against us and right. how we probably it would be encouraged to work with that same energy to work in our favor more often on every level in our lives.
1: In every right. level, right?
0: Right, because we're better at doing it toward the negative than we are toward the positive. I on right, balance, it's a lot easier. It's, um, it's more of our conditioning.
1: So psychosomatic just means that the mm-hmm. psyche is that the body somatic soma is in, is influenced in a powerful way by the mind.
0: And still and some, and also the, and somatic um, and somatic therapy, that word has become a lot more mainstream. Mm -hmm. That style, Uh, that modality has become a lot more pervasive because of how much we hold in our bodies and how powerful and helpful it is to many people. Uh, I know people that's lives have been, whose lives have been changed by it. I've thought about it over, over the years. And then I wonder if I resonate with it the same way I do other versions of therapy um, but it's just really interesting how, if you break all this stuff down and you remember that we are, that it is all one big unit, this body of ours that we walk on earth with is all one unit and it's not disconnected. I mean, there's so much more again, like, um, with integrative medicine and functional medicine, especially there's a, uh, you know, much more of a focus on the gut and the gut being your primary, um, brain your gut being your primary home of neurology. That's not something people think about neurology. They think about it happening in their head. And now there's so much more research and so much more work being done around the power of a healthy gut to impact every part of our health.
1: And you see, so they have found neurons in the gut. Mm-hmm. They have found neurons in the heart, about 40,000 of them. And there are obviously billions of neurons in the brain. But they say that the heart affects the brain 10 times more powerfully than the brain affects the heart. Beautiful. Right? Greg
0: Braden. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And you
1: could say that probably the same thing. I I think Deepak talked about this first, Mm -hmm. that when you say you have a gut reaction, (laughs) it's the gut with the brain that's doing that and telling you, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I'm having a reaction to it.
0: There's also um, Greg Braden, who I don't, can't remember what his title would be. I mean, he kind of travels in all the personal growth wow. circles, but he's also a scientist or has a scientific or neuroscience background. Sorry, Greg, if I'm butchering your resume. Um, I've seen him at uh, retreats, and I've you know followed him on and off for years. But he's spoken so much about the power of sort of heart energy and emotional energy and how measurable that is also, how there are, um, how, how that can change like the collective consciousness by measurable versions of like our feelings and how what we're holding in our heart can actually help and change um, be our being collectively, right. like on the planet, not just for ourselves. Um What else do we want to talk about? The common ailments that are often associated with psychosomatic, with a psychosomatic component. And there are a huge list of them, but the ones that we have found are the most um, universal are things like insomnia, back issues, blood pressure issues, breathing issues, definitely indigestion, but also stomach issues that are so often Chalked up to IBS, and some would say that IBS is a crock and doesn't even exist because there's deeper gut issues to be paid attention to. Migraines, erectile dysfunction, respiratory issues, pelvic pain, um, dermatological issues, ulcers, autoimmune,
1: all of them. autoimmune mm-hmm. diseases. Yeah. Which we're plagued with these days.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that they're becoming so much more common in the Bottom line of autoimmune diseases when your immune system starts attacking itself. Right. Why do you think it's become so much more pervasive?
1: Well, I see it's more pre- <clears throat> the way the way I've always spoken about it is that autoimmune diseases really come from uh, an overutilized immune system. The, the immune system is overutilized because we're reactive. We're reacting so much to everything. We're under tremendous stress. Yeah. And that tremendous stress creates that fight or flight response, which puts a lot of toxins into the body. And over time, we get into this kind of ongoing fight or flight response. Every time we watch the news, every time we hear about another COVID case, and that causes an overutilization of, I'm getting technical, an overutilization of the immune function, which causes a breakdown in how the immune system works. And you get a lot of the autoimmune diseases.
0: Which is why stress management and trauma work, for example, cannot right. be, the need for those cannot be overstated. Um, and the need for stress management cannot be over, overstated because it really has a biochemical ripple mm-hmm. effect on how it impacts our health and our bodies. The other thing I wanted to say, too, um, is that we don't say we don't present the show um, in any way to suggest that any of this is easy. You know, I mean, there's that there's so many people that have have dealt or are dealing with um, very difficult. Uh, sobering and challenging health situations and often when they're when they're posed with these kinds of concepts when they're in the thrust going through whatever they're going through it's like what did I do wrong what am I not Mm -hmm. how am I not maneuvering my my cell cellular makeup what mood should I be in what thoughts can I bring you know I don't feel like I have control it's all it's all on me and that's just so much Um, pressure and responsibility for anybody to put on themselves. So we just want to be sensitive to the fact that it's not as simple as, oh, notice that this is hurting you and then change your thoughts. You know, it's really a deep process. And there's lots of other factors involved, which I am not um, equipped or qualified to talk about. You might be able to say a little bit more about that.
1: Well, I do want to say that we're all challenged. Yeah. I mean, the point of spiritually speaking, the point of being here is to be challenged. And um some people, a few do well with challenges. most of us don't do that well with challenges, but every time we're challenged, the body is going to react in a certain way, whether it was the what I talked about the fight or flight response uh the stimulation of the amygdala, so we see we begin to see fears everywhere, <laughs> right. That challenge creates inflammation. We suffer from a lot of inflammation in this culture. And so all of those those challenges, which are there for good reason often, to make us better people, to make us rise to the occasion, to develop our character, but are also challenging the body. And so if we have challenges and we don't rise to the occasion, it builds up over time.
0: The other thing too, I think that before we start breaking down some of the more, um, some more specifics about things that we've gone through and experienced and some of the, what's in the actual sort of dictionary section of Louise's books is that um, it's just, it's, it's, it's helpful and it's important to just sort of acknowledge that this modality exists. It doesn't mean that it has to live on its own. It doesn't mean that we're suggesting that it's the only way to go. You know, you have to find, I think one of the biggest pieces of all this when you're, when someone's going through something that need, that needs healing is that it's really important to listen to your own voice deeply. I've been to, I've been around so many healers in my work, um, in my personal Uh, interest and also around the work that I, you know, I've done in my TV and digital media career for so long. And I'm thinking about one um, healer who's now a pretty, pretty famous dude. Um, And this was a smaller event in New York city, a bunch of years ago. And there was a woman who was just starting to deal with her cancer therapy. And she was very conflicted about her inner voice, which was telling her to go fully alternative and all her doctors and her family and loved ones telling her to go the more conventional route. And she was deeply conflicted on top of being sick and having to deal with that. And the message to her was to listen to whatever, you know, worked for her and whatever resonated because often that's where these illnesses come from in the first place to one degree or another is when we are out of alignment with ourselves or when we're working against ourselves or when we're not listening to what is in flow for ourselves. So, important we've to all, yeah
1: we've all heard the word a million times this mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep right so it starts with dis-ease challenge obstacles all
0: tension
1: all that stuff can lead to situations in the body
0: so on that note, we are talking, we are honoring Louise Hay today in our new series, Spiritual Self-Help Self Legends. And when we, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more specifically about some ailments and issues Steve and I have both endured, what we've learned, what we're still learning, and how we can hopefully help you. We'll be right back. Positivity and inclusivity. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome back to One Soul Radio
0: with Steve Hasenberg and Kelly Eppert. Welcome back, dear friends, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We have launched our series, Spiritual Self Help Legends, and today we are honoring the Queen of the New Age, Louise Hay. And I hope that she feels honored by that moniker. I know that can sound a little, you know. I feel you, Queen of Soul.
1: That. I thought you were talking about Beyonce. Right,
0: exactly. I know it can sound a little like that. So as I'm reading it back, I'm thinking, (laughs) Louise, I hope you're happy with the way we're talking about you today. Um, So we've talked about just sort of the concept of the mind-body connection and overarching ideas about uh, health and what Louise put on the map so importantly, especially in this country, which is... The idea that there are emotions behind every single physical ailment and illness that we humans experience, right? Um, her for, her seminal book was "You Can Heal Your Life." She also wrote, she wrote a lot of books. I don't have all the titles right here in front of me. Heal Your Body A to Z: How Our Body Gives Us Signals About the um, the Emotional State That We're In, and they kind of um, have sections or that serve as almost like a dictionary, very ready made, where you can look up what's going on with you in a particular part of your body, um, what it means from a spiritual emotional perspective, and then enjoy a um, an affirmation that helps you to sort of reframe and get in touch with whatever it is you're emotionally and spiritually depriving yourself of that might have contributed to that ailment or illness in the first place. So should we talk about some of our fun and fabulous yeah, ailments over the years?
1: It scares me a little.
0: Which what does what scares you to talk about I forgot it? I
1: got my allergies.
0: <laughs> Why does it scare you?
1: <laughs> my allergies have been pretty uh, persistent. Um, I think I've when did I? Maybe twelve years ago I got allergies.
0: Oh, I maybe, didn't realize it was that recent. I didn't know that. Maybe
1: maybe wait a minute. You know, when I got allergy, I think I was allergic to my ex-wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She'll be I, calling in momentarily, by the way.
1: I think after after we separated, I got my allergies. Interesting. I didn't get them while we were together. Well, maybe I didn't. But certainly they were very strong afterwards because um, I was repressing a lot of feelings all the time. And so it had to come out out of my body through sneezing, coughing, all kinds of shit. Oh, all kinds of stuff.
0: (laughs) We'll bleep you.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: We won't bleep you live because we don't have a delay. Sorry about that, Jeff. Okay. That might be our first curse word in over a year. I know I wanted a curse plenty of times, but I always, you know, I'm a really good cursor, but I managed to control it. So that might have been the first one you really have yeah
1: so um one of the things they talk about in terms of allergic reactions is that it's the body's resistance to substances emotions and other energies and so um right now i'm resistant to certain trees in my neighborhood and and so I don't know why, because I do love trees. Yeah. But it, in, my, in my test, it said I was allergic to certain trees. And so in the morning now on my hike, I'm going, I talk to the trees to try to receive them. And I really am doing this.
0: I believe you. I know you do.
1: Try to receive them into my body. Mm. So I'm not resisting them. I'm trying to be friends with them.
0: Do you know which ones? But it's not like you had any reactions where your body was like telling you certain ones that's are not giant. I get
1: close to a certain tree, the Geiger counter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but that is yeah, that's a nice way to make friends with them before you really be, get a um, real reaction. So, do you want to? You want me to remind you of some of the things that Louise talks about in the dictionary um, when it comes to uh, allergies, I, or would you I, like to?
1: I guess so.
0: (laughs) So allergies means that you um, deny your own. Again, these are all these you have to see what what applies. Right. They don't all they're not all completely universal. I'm holding my ears. Go ahead. We deny our own power. Yeah. Um, We are allergic to certain situations or people or things that are not aligned for us. Often it's internal versus environmental, or an indication of feeling annoyed, aggravated by others, blaming others for your situation, I being get over that. Critical of yourself. Do you want to just keep checking the boxes? Um, overcritical of yourself and others, lacking boundaries, emotional congestion.
1: I'm having a sip of whiskey at the moment. <laughs>
0: I know you relate to those because we read this together, right? So those, they might not resonate for you now. Well, but, they're um, all
1: things that I've experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. So every box is checked. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm thinking about this, going back to my marriage, I would my first marriage, I would say that all of those things were operative. And uh, I was... I mean, I think we both were in very egotistical positions with one another. Yeah. And that egotistical position is very, very resistant and not open to things that are going on that probably should be resolved. So no wonder I'm sneezing.
0: Mm hmm. Um, it's interesting though, especially if you're aware of it more looking backward, you know, looking back in the rear view mirror. Cause I know during that time you weren't accessing this information or using right. it for your healing process. Right. No. Um, and so here's the reframe that's offered for people with allergies. If any of this connects for you mm. is an affirmation. I am one with all of life. I am safe at all times. Wow. Repeat after me. I am one wow. with all of life.
1: I am one with all of life.
0: I am safe at all times. I am
1: safe at all times.
0: You are now healed.
1: Well, it's very interesting because that affirmation is the one I do these days.
0: Which one? The safe one or the one with life? I
1: am one with all of life. Wow. And I am open to all of life. And that's what I say when I'm on my journey with the trees.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I love hearing all your little daily practice mentions. They always (laughs) tickle me. Um, So I'm thinking before I go into one that um, I have more to say about, because we did a little bit more research around it. I'm thinking back to even um, uh, 12, 15 years ago-ish, I was having really bad lower back pain. My back was going out on me and I was... How old am I now? So I was in my probably, you know, around four, early 40s, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it had to maybe in my 20s, once or twice. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to gather to think, because now I know more about back pain. Um, and there's a great book. Is it by is it S- Sarno? Is it I it's know Dr. It. Sarno? Yeah. Am I mispronouncing? And it's really one of the first books, like really progressive book about mm-hmm. the ties between your back pain and emotions. Yeah. I wasn't aware of it at the time, I was completely clueless, all I knew is my back really was not functioning. I was in such deep pain and so immobilized and the way my body was operating was just completely off. And I remember thinking to myself, holy cow, this might be really how I am going forward and having a moment of resignation about that because whatever treatment or that I was going for wasn't helping. Thankfully, um, that has not been the case since and my back is for the most part in very good shape, I'm happy to say. And here's the other thing that I actually haven't sorted out as I'm just sort of talking about this is that because back often has to do with your money, different parts of your back represent different things. Um, But back, your lower back often has to do with money and sort of your sustenance, your structure, your foundation, the thing that keeps you grounded and together. And um, if I look back now, I think that was really, really relevant to me then. But I've also had issues with money or scarcity since and thankfully my my back starts speaking sometimes but not to the degree that it did so again these are there's nuances to all of this um the example I wanted to give that's more current for me um but thankfully also you know at, um, at bay and I do think that my Louise Hay work around this has helped is uh, nodules that I have on my thyroid that I've had and watched for many years and mostly have meant nothing. I've just kept an eye on them and monitored or whatever. But in the last year and a half have um, required that I get biopsies and there's been some uncertainty about what's happening in there. We don't have to go into all the details about me and my thyroid, but thyroid science is very imprecise in some ways in that – Often they don't know based on a test or biopsy what's going on until they actually hmm. see a problem and remove a, you know, a lobe of your thyroid, which I was very against. So what I started doing is paying more attention to um, what it represents. And your thyroid is obviously you know, sort of at the base of your throat. We're going to talk about your chakra systems if we have time today as well and how different energy systems are equated to different parts of your body and different emotionality as well. Um but I knew enough to know that it was attached to obviously my that area which is communication oriented and finding your voice. Um thyroid is about self-expression, personal power. An underactive thyroid is um more about emotional like heaviness and stuckness and depression um and means in Louis Louise Hayes language a level of humiliation and frustration. When is it going to be my turn? I never get to do what I want. I have no right to apply my creativity to succeed. And I relate to those things really deeply as much as I hate to admit it because I don't like it to be true, but it is. Um, <clears throat> and so I have to really, I spent a lot of time as, as you've often talked about is picking whatever your issues are and loving them. The ones, the things you think you'd love the least, loving your problems, loving your challenges, loving parts of your body that are not well. I started to send extra love to my thyroid. I started to talk to it more regularly in times in, inside of my meditations. And I started to really change my behavior and be much more intent on using my voice, mm-hmm. even though I've always been a loud mouth. So a lot of people would never know this about me. But I wasn't using my voice in ways to support me um, more fully, creatively, professionally, whatever it would be in, in relationships, all of it. So I started to pay more attention to that. And the reframe per Louise Hay is um, I love my glands, my self-expression begins here with my unique approach to life. I am a unique individual deep inside. I allow the goodness to flow through me that expresses itself. And I have the courage to go for my dreams. And this is all extremely relevant to me and where I've been in my life for a while now. Um, But I noticed after I did that work that Um, A lot of what the concerns were and the way too many doctors and way too many ultrasounds and way too many biopsies I had. Finally, um, when I found the definitive doctor who I'm with now, um, there's actually nothing to worry about. And there's really not much to talk about, thankfully. And I don't know if that's just the perspective of a doctor, if that's the work I did around it. But it's really, um, I felt like it was more empowering for me to Acknowledge this sort of energy and this sort of teaching as a way for me to feel like I had more control over my health and something that could have potentially been scarier than it has to be. And I think that's another bottom line message here: is that a lot of people don't realize you can really take your health into your own hands on so many levels. That again, conventional medicine in, the, in this country doesn't tend to uh, mm-hmm. encourage us to remember.
1: Really true, right? You know, I have a question that we. I don't know if we either of us can answer. What's up? How did she come up with these? Was this channeled information? Where where did she come up with all of these very detailed understandings of physical emotional correlation? Do you you know? know,
0: um I would have to do a deeper dive so I don't want to butcher our beloved Louise Hayes um, story. I know that when she was finding herself as a, like finding her career path, I know that she was involved in certain, um, I don't know if they were groups. There might've been one that was a ministry or church oriented group or a healing-oriented group, something to that effect, um, that definitely had this sort of belief system. I think that's where, where she was first um, exposed to it. But I don't know exactly where the depth of this information came from, from for her. Very interesting. Um, and she also did heal her, you know, she healed her own cancer. She right. healed herself.
1: Right. Maybe it was Church of Religious Science. Well,
0: I don't to- know. If we I had more, Yeah, if, yeah, if we had more time, I would research it while you were talking, but I don't want to leave you alone for too long. Because that's oh, never never a good idea. Please
1: don't, because I'll I'll have an allergic reaction. <laughs>
0: um, shall we talk a little bit about the chakra system, since that's another thing that's so important, and again based um, in you know much more um, ancient. Was it originally Ayurvedic? Uh, or more um, like Vedic based. I don't know. I don't I don't know the distinction. Honestly, I think
1: the chakra system probably came out of Chinese medicine. Because the, the Chinese medicine uses the chakras in all the meridians for healing. So my assumption is that it may have come from various sources, but certainly Chinese medicine, which goes back four or five thousand years. Has used that
0: system. So the chakras are energy systems inside of our bodies. There are seven primary ones. There are lots more if you get more deeper into the weeds. Um, that kind of that are that start. Well, I just I'll go through each of them. I was going to say they sort of represent different regions of our bodies, different um, spiritual represent spiritual sort of representation of different um, parts of our spiritual evolution. Um, they're all they all live along the base of the spine, which is if you're looking for you know from a Kundalini practice and you think about energy and your Kundalini rising up through your spine, um, they, the energy moves through each of these respective chakras. So the first one is your root chakra which is at the very very base sort of your tailbone at the base of your spine which again, I'm going to give you like the layman's terms and Steve can chime in with more details if you like. Um, But the root chakra is really about your basic daily needs, sustenance, foundation, earthly needs, home, money.
1: Yeah, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Right. right?
0: The one at the bottom of the pyramid.
1: Primary needs, root chakra.
0: Your sacral chakra, which is sort of in your pelvic region underneath your belly button, which represents your creativity, your sexuality. There's also, I should back up and say there's colors attached to each of these as well, right? So your root chakra is more of a red, deep red, some would say brown.
1: Yeah, these are the, these are the rays of light. So we're made of multiple rays of light. And each ray has a different frequency. And so from the bottom to the top, you're going from lower frequency to higher frequency. I will chime in next time.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Um, So back to the sacral, which is um, below your belly button, which is uh, the color orange and represents your creativity and your sexuality. Um, Your solar plexus, which is sort of right at your sternum. Um, which is which represents a, which is represented by the color yellow. And that one is um, your determination, right? Your will.
1: Relationships. Relationships. Right. Um, so and- the, if we go back to this idea about the gut, you often feel your relationships in the gut area because that's where that third chakra is.
0: It's also almost middle way to your you know some would say it's sort of the um like the gateway or the bridge between your more basic foundational life I'm struggling for my words today, but your um like the the foundational chakras that we just talked about and then moving more um more into the emotional and spiritual chakras that I'm about to mention there you. um Heart chakra, which is I mean, everybody knows where that is, and that's represented by the color green. And clearly, again, if you think about when your chest feels tight, when you feel uncomfortable, when you're feeling an emotion, um, or when you're feeling overtaken with love, um, it's really important just to notice where that shows up. And often, that shows up in your in your heart area. And
1: that heart it's, chakra is considered the portal to your soul,
0: which is like why we like the idea of staying in our heart energy as much as possible, don't we? Yeah. Right. When we can. Um, and then your throat chakra, which, as you know, I think everyone knows where their throat is, is represented by um, by the color blue and is your communication port. Um, third eye, which falls in between your eyebrows, which is more of an indigo, right? Kind of midnight blue color, which represents your intuition.
1: and And vision. Visionaries and prophets have a very open third eye.
0: I often, when I get acupuncture, I ask them to give me a little third eye needle, which is kind of fun. And then finally, your crown chakra, which is at the top of your head, which is reflected by the color white or the non-color white, which is sort of your gateway to higher realms and spirituality. Right. So, again, I think it's interesting when if there are physical ailments that one is, is dealing with and you can identify what part of your body or what chakra it's connected to, this could be another helpful tool to become aware. And often people will, you know, either get a, um, uh, like a, you know, a crystal that is the corresponding color or wear that color a lot. Um, I have a dear friend who just went through, um, thyroid mm. surgery and she was, like head to toe blue (laughs) as she went to the hospital with her outfit, all blue and her blue crystals and the whole thing. And thankfully she's doing amazingly well and really um, handled it from a very deep spiritual perspective and empowering perspective as well. Um, So yeah, some you could do visualizations with the, with the colors, right? Just whatever, whatever works for you, but it's just interesting to have this knowledge because it can be extremely helpful just as a new way to, Um, new perspective to have when you're trying to heal. Perfect. When's the last time you used one of your chakras?
1: Uh, I use them all the time. In what way? Um, There was a point at which I started seeing auras. And so um, it actually happened about five years ago in my office. And my third eye would start vibrating. And I would start seeing a person's aura. But the problem was I got so interested in their auras and how they were changing, I stopped listening to what they were <laughs> telling
0: How did that work? So what did you do? How did that work for you when you're in the middle of a session?
1: Well, I pretended I heard them and I tried to answer. But over a period of a few months, I, I kind of <laughs> acclimated to this new ability I had, and I started listening to what the people's problems were. (laughs) Interesting, right?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that your clients appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about our action steps, shall we? There are so many ways that... um, you know, again, we would we would advise picking up any of these books, reading a little bit more about Louise Hay, picking up any of her books, just to uh, get yourself familiar with this kind of thinking. Number oh, one, yeah. it's not an official action step, but right. um, you know, really, really powerful. There's also plenty of um, videos that live on, you know, Hay House, her publishing empire, which is you know um, alive and well and and supports some of the most uh, amazing self help writers and teachers. Um, can go on their website. And then there's plenty, you know, videos that, that exist of, uh, Louise talking about all of these things as well. So we were trying to kind of re- um, reduce this, all these grand concepts into some action steps for you all today. So the first one is to take a physical ailment that you've been dealing with for a while and simply look it up in Louise Hay's book can either like i think um i said before either you heal your you can heal your life or heal your body a to z and most just, of it
1: by the way Callie is online so you don't even have that's to true buy. you
0: don't have to yeah you don't even have, mm-hmm. listen to me i'm just trying to sell um helping louise sell her books <laughs> All right. um in the uh, in the other world um but just to take a just to take a minute and just become familiar how you know with how this could potentially help you and just sit with the information secondly would be to take it a step further what new information did you learn about the emotional component of your ailment and maybe just write just journal about it write a few lines and just get familiar with um, whatever knowledge this might you know be um, imparting on you and then third would be to think about if you want, you know, to take it even a step further, do you want to work on this aspect of your life? Write down one or two things to start addressing the emotional piece of your physical issue, right? Yes. Yes. I,
1: somebody from the audience wants to speak. So um, I, I want to emphasize the fact that when we don't resolve things in our mind, they tend to fall into our bodies. It can be the other way around, but usually that's how it occurs. And so the body is giving you a big signal that something needs to be addressed. Pain is a signal. Uncomfortableness is a signal. And when we look at these signals, we want to address them in a kind of a gentle way and figure out what they're trying to tell us so there's a message from our body about our overall state of well-being
0: thank you for that such an important thing to remember and again that Applies to both, you know, anything that physically could be going on in your body or even just emotionally. Um and, and again it could be a wake up call to spare you from something exacerbating and, and concretizing Absolutely. in your body as well. So Absolutely if you're, You know, if you're dealing with a person or a relationship or um, a job situation or you know, whether it's a physical pain or some or just like a tension that you're feeling in your body, it's all your body's way of trying to speak to you. So just to repeat those action steps, take a physical ailment you've been dealing with for a while, look it up in Louis Hayes book and just sit with that information, see if it sparks anything for you. Second of all, what new information did you learn about that emotional component of your ailment? And then finally, think about if you'd like to work with this aspect of your life and write down a few things to get you started. So with that, we want to thank everybody for joining us. As always, we appreciate you. You can find us on Instagram at One Soul Radio and Facebook at One Soul Radio Podcast. And we will see you next week. Have a good week, everyone.